Hello friends and welcome to episode number 202 of Bat Slips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia where the Humidex is 40 fucking degrees. Yikes. And he's Justin Anderson in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Uh, Justin, it's hot. Yeah, I, I, uh, I feel for you. Um, that is that is too warm, my friend. I it's not that warm here today. It's gonna be warm tomorrow, but yeah, no, that's that that is too much, man. Couldn't do it. <sighs> There's a reason that I live in a place that gets to minus forty and lower in the winter time. It's because I'm adapted to cold and not to heat. Yeah, I don't like the heat. I think it's gross. Um I miss the cooler summers of before the climate crisis. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the 1850s. Uh, I remember just, them fondly. Uh, it's just so fucking hot. Well, let's... Okay, there's a couple things before we get started with the baseball stuff. The first thing of which is that we have to give a huge thank you to Mrs. Anderson... Yeah. Uh, this time we're not apologizing for our profanity. We're thanking, <laughs> uh, thanking her for a very uh, special thing that she did for us. Uh, she made two uh, hundredth episode BFMD cookies and uh, mailed them to me. Yeah. Uh, and the gave them to you, I guess. Yeah, she express post them to you, and then uh, she hand delivered them to me over the weekend on her way to visit my sister. So. Yeah. absolutely delicious i've already eaten uh 50 of them yeah <laughs> uh i only have a couple left at As this point and uh god damn they're good they taste even better because it's like a celebration of of a real accomplishment yeah 200 episodes we really blew past it uh we and i don't know we didn't have anything prepared at all we're just gonna keep doing our grind of two episodes a week mostly um and hopefully nobody gets sick or anything like that again and kind of yep kind of slows us down but we're back at 100 percent. and if you like what we do follow us on twitter at bfmd podcast go ahead and dm or tweet us your questions uh we like trying to generate conversation online go ahead and uh, check us out on anchor apple spotify and wherever you get your podcasts Find us at bfmdpodcast.com where there is a widget where you can listen to the episode. Uh, shout out to all the fans in Hamilton, Ontario. I just want to say Hamilton. <laughs> um, thanks for taking the time to listen to the episode. Go ahead and leave us a review of five stars or less uh, to help more people find us. Uh, we love what we do. We're never going to stop. We'll outlast every other podcast on earth. We might outlast we the Earth to. itself at this rate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to have a big bowl of depression soup to get when, started. Uh, but when Elon I, sends us all the Mars, we'll be doing the podcast there too. Yeah, probably. We'll be <laughs> cheering on the Scaparelli Crater Blue Jays. Uh, there you go. That's a deep cut. That's uh, a deep reference. Yeah, it is very deep. Very deep. Uh, but we, we do have one thing we're going to do in our intro uh, because it's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, without this man, uh, our, our, our stuff wouldn't exist. Um, Vin Scully, uh, the, the voice of the Dodgers, uh, and so much more to that organization has passed away, uh, lived a wonderful life, uh, 94 years, man, that's crazy. That's a lot. Um, he passed away on August the 2nd, obviously. Uh, in the in the days to come, there will be a lot of celebration of Vin Scully's life. Uh, one of the most iconic, if not the most iconic announcers in the history of baseball. Uh, I can't think of anyone off the top of the head right now who deserves uh, number one, if not Vin. Um, started with the Dodgers back in 1950 when they were in Brooklyn. Uh, he took over full-time for Red Barber, another historically yeah. uh, outstanding uh announcer uh in in i think it was 1953 and continued uh with the team all the way through the move to los angeles 
uh, and, and did it for 66 years before retiring in 2016. Uh, what an absolutely amazing career. He was able to, uh, you know, some of the greatest calls in history, uh, certainly for Dodger history, uh, making calls for Jackie Robinson, Sandy Koufax, the famous Kirk Gibson home run in the 88 World Series. He was on the mic for the Buckner play as well. <laughs> That's right. Uh, just uh, just an amazing uh, announcer. Just he, These are just a, a, a small portion of the highlights of his career. Uh, go back to the really, uh, really, the tippy top of it is the 88 World Series Game 1. Kirk Gibson comes to the plate. Cracks a home run despite the fact that he had two injured knees. Yeah. Unbelievable. Not even going to try to imitate Scully. <laughs> he did the perfect game for Sandy Koufax in 1965. Uh, 1974, he did the call for Hank Aaron's uh, 715th home run. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, he was... Uh, he was there for the for the September seventeenth two thousand one uh, show uh, at Dodger Stadium, which was I think their first game after after nine eleven yeah. uh, September the eleventh. Yep, uh, he did Fernando Valenzuela's no hitter in nineteen ninety, Roy Campanella night in uh, nineteen fifty nine uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, Don Larson's perfect game in the World Series between the Dodgers and the Yankees. Um, yeah, just the list just goes on and on. <laughs> it's yeah, I mean, like we could do this. Yeah, Kershaw's no hitter. I mean, yep. there's just there's there's a freaking billion of Hideo Nomo's uh, no no. Um, just. There's just so many. Yeah, 66 uh, oh, years. <laughs> yeah, 66 years, an astonishing career. Uh, Vin Scully will be fondly remembered. And like I said, before there was even television, Vin Scully was doing his job uh, as the announcer for the Dodgers uh, there in Brooklyn. Uh, uh, just a cute little thing. I didn't realize this. Scully, obviously, longtime Dodger. Uh and being the announcer in Brooklyn, he was actually born in the Bronx. Yeah. I just thought that was really cute. Yeah. I, when I looked that up, I thought that was really, really cute. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, no no Vin Scully, no BFMD podcast. Who knows what play-by-play -play would sound like today God, without Vin Scully. It's, it's unfathomable. So, uh, you know, th this one's for you, Vin. Um, rest in peace, man. Rest in peace. 94 years old. Yeah. So, Justin, we're going to take a hard right turn here uh, <laughs> and talk about all the deadline deals and corresponding moves that took place uh, over the last 24 hours as a result of the trade deadline. And, boy, the Jays were mildly busy. Um, yeah. Take us away, man. Things things were very quiet for the first, I guess, the, the full weekend, really. A lot of teams were making their moves yeah. early. The Blue Jays waited to do everything on deadline day itself there yesterday on Tuesday, August the 2nd. Deadline was at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time, which is a lot later than it used to be. But there was a special, some special circumstances this year. Obviously, the season was a little bit different than we've become used to. But uh, the first move that the Blue Jays made, uh, they actually uh, reacquired re an old friend in Anthony Bass, who was with the Blue Jays in 2020, along with Brampton, Ontario native Zach Pop. Both of them are right-handed relievers that were currently pitching for the Marlins at the time. Uh, Jays also get a player to be named later in that deal. What the Blue Jays sent to Miami was their fourth-ranked prospect and number 82 on MLB Pipeline, Jordan Groshans, who we've long talked about as uh, a potential future third baseman for this team. Now, a lot of Blue Jay fans, when the news first broke, were a little bit up in arms, Patrick, about the Jays trading Mr. Groshans, who was regarded as a, a top prospect in the organization, obviously. And then those fans looked at his stat lines and uh, the tune changed. I said right away, as soon as the deal happened, I tweeted out, 
Blue Jays selling high on Groshans. Because if you look at his stats, Patrick, and I'm sure you have since then because I've told you all about them, um, he's played in 67 games in AAA this year for Buffalo, along with five in a rehab assignment in in Dunedin as well. So he has 299 at-bats on the season in total. He's hit one home run this year. Uh, Not great. In 2021, he had seven home runs and 316 at-bats. So he's way lagging behind. The doubles are down this year. He's only got eight doubles so far this year. He had 23 last season in a very similar amount of uh, bats. So the power has just disappeared. He is walking a lot more this year. So his on-base percentage is actually nearly as high as it was last year. But his batting average is only 250. And he has a WRC plus in AAA of 82. Remember that league average is 100 WRC plus. So he is 18% below league average there so to only send one player to miami and hopefully jordan does well and gets to the big leagues and becomes a star one day because we don't wish him anything but that but to give up one player and to get two good relievers plus a player to be named later which will likely be a lower range prospect in return that's pretty good for the jays in my opinion patrick what do you think yep i agree this is this is a a a very good deal uh, quite stereotypical of uh, a, Ross a Ross Atkins, Atkins deal. <laughs> Very Ross Atkins moves. First of all, reacquiring a player that we've already had before, uh, acquiring a Canadian, uh, and also uh, you're, there's quite a bit of, of versatility in, in both of these uh, acquisitions. Um, yeah, Anthony Bass comes with a team option for next year, so uh, he's certainly not going anywhere. Uh, so we'll see him for, for the rest of this year and next year. And he's, yep. he's had an excellent year. Uh, I'll get you to talk about his metrics a little for bit sure. more here shortly. Uh, while you're, uh, preparing yourself for that, uh, Zach pop is actually Canadian. He's from Brampton, Ontario, Brampton. grew up watching he was a Yankee fan though. <laughs> I up. thought he grew up watching he's, the Jays. He I thought did, he had but he said his Toronto favorite Blue player Jays pajama pants. when they did the pregame show of, uh, Blue Jays central today, they, there was an interview of Jamie Campbell talking to him back in 2014 when Zach was on the junior national team. And he said that his favorite team was the Yankees and his favorite player was Mariano Rivera. Cause he wanted to be like a closer. So, yeah. Oh, well, that's fine. That's a pretty good guy to, to, uh, want to be like when so you're, he had when Yankees pajamas is what you're telling me. who knows but maybe he probably had Blue Jay pajamas too because he's from Brampton but he was he did say he was a Yankee fan but I'm sure he had a soft spot for the Jays too yeah certainly grew up watching both teams yeah. uh, being from Brampton um, but what I like about Pop is that he is young uh, he comes with lots of team control mm-hmm. uh, and he's actually in the 20 innings that he has done so far this season in the show he's been pretty effective yeah uh I'm I'm okay with it. I I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, he was was he sent down to AAA? Or uh, is he actually on the 26. He's been up and down. Uh, he hasn't. They haven't been activated yet because the players that the Blue Jays right. acquired are moving the uh, team in uh, Minneapolis right. tomorrow, and we'll, so we'll see a flurry of roster moves tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, Anthony Bass obviously uh, is, is going to be on the 26 man, uh, this year for the rest of this year and next year. Yeah. Um, the corresponding move we saw was Anthony Banda was designated for assignments. So mm-hmm. not a surprise. No, uh, exchanging a, a righty for a lefty though. I mean, we don't have very many lefties in the pen right now. They call that Matt Gage yesterday. Yeah. Did he get sent down though? He has uh, not today? been yet. Okay. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they how they add these these guys to the bullpen. But we'll 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 see all that happen. It next. will be musical chairs. Yeah. For a while. Yeah, for sure. As guys come in and out. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's the that's the guys that they got. Now we we can dive into them a little bit. Obviously, Blue Jay fans know all about. Anthony Bass. He pitched for the, with the Jays in. Uh, he pitched in 26 games in the 2020 season. This is a different Anthony Bass from then, Patrick. Um, if you look at his Savant page this year, it's it's marvelous. It's a bunch of red dots, uh, which is awesome. Back in 2020, it was not the case. He had some red, but he had some blues as well. He was giving up a lot of hard contact back in those days. Yeah. These days, he is in the 80th percentile for average exit velocity and the 85th for hard hit rate. That means he's very good at not giving up that hard contact. 
and his chase rate is in the 86th percentile, which is very good. He has throwing he's throwing a slider the most uh, these days. Back in 2020, Patrick, uh, his pitch mix was a little bit different. Back then, he was throwing his fastball 56% of the time, and the slider 38% of the time. These days, it's reversed. It's 57% slider, 39% fastball. So basically, the exact opposite. <coughs> Um, you know what I noticed about Anthony yeah. Bass? Huge differences. Uh, the the walk rate is actually down. Yeah, insanely. Uh, to two point zero one per nine innings, which means very rarely is he going to give up a walk yep. in his one inning uh, of work, uh, one inning or less of work. Uh, the K's <laughs> are actually a career high nine point yeah. zero seven. He's not actually uh, really a strikeout kind of guy. He's, no, uh, he's I'm going to make you swing at something guy. stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Home runs per nine are 0. 0.20 microscopic. Adam Simber levels of obscure. Mm-hmm. Um, he's leaving about 78.8% of batters on base, which is a career high. His ground ball percentage is actually a career low 39% because there's just so little of it. Yeah, exactly. Um... Uh, and the... F- FIP is 2.06, good for 1.4 F war, uh, which for as a reliever That's very, very high. <laughs> 0.2 innings is very high. Yeah. Probably Miami's most effective reliever. Uh, departing the team, obviously, they are far enough out of it they felt comfortable selling. They were listening in on everybody but Alcantara. <laughs> uh, and uh Anthony Bass is now uh, once again a Toronto Blue Jay. This is a huge boost to the pen. Yeah, and, and keep huge. in mind, Jordan Romano only has a 0.6 war this year, and Anthony Bass is at a 1.4. So just keep that yeah. in mind. That's how valuable he was to Miami this year. Um, yeah. Crazy. He loved that. So he's going to join that back end of the bullpen. He'll be another eighth inning kind of guy with Jimmy Garcia. It's never You can never have too many high leverage arms especially on in the playoffs when you need guys your bullpen to do three to four innings most games it just gives us depth and protects Insane. us against uh yeah it's it's insurance send out guys like uh, trevor richards who typically we save for lower leverage yeah exactly it, it lets, it's gonna let john schneider utilize his guys a, a lot more in the roles that are more suited to them um yeah the, ba- the bass acquisition is great he, he throws four pitches he has this the slider then he's got two fastballs he's got the sinker aka the two seam the four seam, and then he also has a split finger change as well. But yeah, uh, it's it's interesting uh, pitch mix. But it's mostly mostly slider and mostly sinker. He doesn't throw his four seam very much, so it's going to be a lot of movement from him. So it's a very different guy to what Blue Jays fans are familiar with. Uh, and he said he is excited to to rejoin the team, and he'll actually get to pitch in Toronto for the first time as he never got to as a member of the Blue Jays. So that'll be fun for him. Uh, Zach Pop, he's going to be very familiar with Rogers Center. He would have pitched there many times with the junior national team and tournament 12s and things like that and exhibition games uh, as a junior, especially being from Brampton. Uh, but yeah, like Patrick said, he, he was he was up and down between AAA and the show this year. But uh, he's, he's not a strikeout guy, Patrick, even though he does possess a 98-mile-an-hour sinker. Uh, it's a filthy pitch. It has so much run to it. He's a sinker slider pitcher. He's thrown one one pitch that was classified as a changeup this year, so we're not even going to worry about that. He throws the fastball 83% of the time and the slider 16% of the time. And like I said, that, that fastball has touched 99 on that sinker in the past. He ranks in the 89th percentile for fastball velo, which is great. We love that from him. Uh, and his movement on that pitch is absolutely insane, too. Uh, batters are hitting 243 against that pitch with an expected batting average of 203. So he's actually had some bad luck go against him with that pitch. And he does do a great job of limiting hard contact as well. So I think we'll see uh, Pop. I, I said in our group chat, he's the new guy who is the, quote, we have two runners, multiple runners on and less than two outs guy. We need a ground ball. That's going to be Zach Pop, I think. He's going to be that guy who comes in and tries to get somebody to roll over onto one. But yeah, that's what's that pop for you. <laughs> I would say this, tra- I would give this trade uh, an A as far as a grade goes. This yeah. is just a huge win. I do think Jordan Groshans uh, will be a very good player. We hope he I is. I think yep. time will be better. Like, time, like he will be better served with more time in the minors, kind of marinate a little bit more. He's obviously not ready. 
Uh, and I'm interested to see how he does in Miami. They've got a, a good farm system, and, and he'll get playing time. We'll see. They're a rebuilding team. Um, yeah, you're right. Let's let's talk about uh, the uh, the second trade that was made. Yeah, this one confuses me. I'm really, <laughs> I I don't know. I understand it. So the Blue Jays made a trade with the Dodgers here, Patrick, and they acquired right-handed pitcher Mitch White and a minor league infielder in Alex DeJesus in exchange for minor league pitcher Nick Frazzo and left-handed pitcher Moises Brito. No, no relation to Socrates, by the way. I checked. <laughs> <laughs> Blue Jays legend. Um, right. Mitch White is an interesting guy. He's he's spent some time as both a starter and a reliever with the Dodgers. Um, mostly starting lately, though. He's appeared for them in 15 games this year, 10 of them being starts. Another guy who gives up less than one home run per nine innings, which we love. Uh, he's, he's got a 40% ground ball rate in the bigs, which isn't terrible. Uh, and he, he walks about three per nine and strikes out seven and a half, so less than a batter per inning. I was looking at some of the, the game logs for what he's done recently, and his last start for the Dodgers, he went seven innings against the Nationals and gave up two runs. The time before that, it was one hit and two walks over five scoreless innings against the Giants. He did get lit up by the Cardinals, but he's also had good starts against the Padres, the Braves, the White Sox. So he's, he's faced some decent teams and had some good success. The Blue Jays are going to use him. He's basically the new Max Castillo, and we'll address that in a moment too. But he's going to be that sixth starter for the Blue Jays and some insurance in case there is an IL stint, which we will also talk about today. So it's interesting, uh, interesting pickup for sure. Um, probably a little bit better or than Max Castillo at least he has some, he has more major league experience than Max and he does have years of team control as well too which is great I just find the trade confusing because I don't understand why the Dodgers would do this yeah a lot of Dodger fans weren't too happy on Twitter yesterday uh, Mitch White again young team control uh, has performed pretty decently yeah he's got beat up by a couple of, uh, of the stronger teams in MLB, but he, he looks like he's going to be a great back-end starter of your back of the rotation. Yeah, I agreed. Um, and that's probably, I'd say his floor and his ceiling are about the same. Yeah, he's, they're pretty he's probably going to be. I think he, he he's probably going to be very consistent. He's kind of, in a way, is looking like maybe the new Ross Stripling, <laughs> uh, in a sense that we get him from the Dodgers and we get consistent number of innings and quality performance from him which is interesting yeah uh, alex de jesus i had to look up i didn't know very much about him he has a future value projection of 35 plus which is a little bit deceiving because he's only 20 and he's already uh been very very good uh in the rookie system for the dodgers he missed out on a promotion in 2020 because there was no minor league season yeah uh, but uh, he performed quite strong uh, during his first full season of A-ball last year. Uh, he had a uh, an OBP of 386 and a slug of 447, so clearly an OPS over 800 is great. Mm -hmm. uh, he has demonstrated a little bit of power. Uh, there's not really any speed there. Um, he is a third baseman slash shortstop. Uh, he made it to high A this year, so I would imagine he, he heads to Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, the K rate is quite high. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, however, uh, the power is very interesting, and the contact is very interesting, too. He seems to have pretty strong play vision. He's either going to walk, uh, drill you a hit, or uh, strike out, Yeah. I guess. Three true outcomes is uh, the case, but his WRC plus has been well over 120 uh, ever since he uh, he started rookie ball yep. in 2019. So that's I, I'm very hopeful. I would imagine he immediately slots into somewhere in our mid 20s for our rankings. He was 26 on the Dodgers. He might actually project a little bit higher because we have dealt some prospects in recent mm -hmm. weeks. Yeah. Uh, 
interesting. It's I know we've spent a lot of time talking about him, but I feel like that thirty-five plus future value might get reevaluated. Uh, it it seems to me like his his hit ability is a lot better. Um, he's not very fast. Uh, I haven't gotten into the details of his fielding, but he doesn't really look like someone who is going to make a lot of errors. But that being said, he's DH'd uh, 23 games this year, so he's mm-hmm. been a lot of focus on his hitting game. By the game. way, uh, Pipeline slotted him in at 8th in the Blue Jays system. Wow, that's 30. a huge jump. He's 20 I years mean, old, so that's why. 20 years old that, high A ball is, is, a, is a good age. Yeah, it's probably also reflective of the fact that the Jays uh, have one of the weaker farm systems at this point because so many graduations. Yeah, weaker, and, and weaker outside of the top 10 or 12 or so, I would say, yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot of depth in the system right now, but that's okay. There's no reason to panic. Mm-hmm. We just got through a draft, and uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens uh, with some of the other players we have on expiring contracts in the coming years, whether or not we sign them to extensions or actually use them for trade value to, to recoup value. Yeah, so that was that. Uh, obviously, Frazzo's having a great year for the Jays. We won't spend too much time talking about him as he's, he's now gone. But, uh, yeah, he was having a pretty solid year in the farm system. Um, Moises Brito, I really have no idea who he is, <laughs> so I won't talk about him at all. But yeah, Frazzo right. was pitching well. He was pitching at a, z- a .082 ERA in Vancouver after getting moved wow. up. Um, after doing a point seven zero in in uh, in Dunedin, starting pitcher Patrick striking out well over twelve batters per nine, walking less than or walking about two over both levels, and gives up less than a home run per nine. So, not a lot of balls in playoff of him in his ten starts that he's made so far this year. Only thirty six innings across ten starts. So he was just rebounding from an injury that he suffered last year. Um, but yeah, he's off to, off to a good start. A kid who. Is 23, drafted in that 2020 year when there was only the five rounds. He was drafted in the fourth round and has done quite well in a short amount of time. So Dodgers are probably getting a pretty good one there who's a year, maybe two years away from helping them at the big league level. So we'll see how he turns out. Did either one of these guys slot into our top 30? Frazzo definitely was, yeah. I don't believe Brito was, but I don't don't recall. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Corresponding move. Uh, looks like we, well, maybe not necessarily a corresponding move to this trade, but Jeremy Beasley was later uh, traded to the Pirates for cash considerations. Yeah, so that's, we the will old, get we a, a, that's the old, uh, we need a 40-man roster spot move. <laughs> yep, so we get a treasure chest of booty from the Pirates for yep. Jeremy Beasley. Best of luck in Pittsburgh. He gets to pitch at PNC Park, which is a great park. Yep, uh, good for him on a rebuilding uh, Pittsburgh team. Let's talk about this last acquisition. This is one that I'm sure people are on pins and needles waiting for us to give our hot takes about. Yeah, this one came in like right at the wire, right when the deadline was just about to happen. Yep. And it was a a pick, a a trade that really nobody in the baseball world saw coming. The Blue Jays were able to acquire a utility man, outfielder, infielder, Whit Merrifield from the Kansas City Royals in exchange for right-handed pitcher Max Castillo, who had been with the team quite often this year, as well as one of Patrick's favorite prospects, Samad Taylor. (laughs) The sigh, there it is. I was waiting for it. I haven't had that one in a while. Um, But, yeah, it was an interesting move, of course. Mm, Uh, That's a word. That's a word. Um, Yeah, Samad had been having a pretty good year, and we'll talk about him. But Whit Merrifield, as people may know, was placed on the restricted list when the Royals came to Rogers Center not long ago and was not able to play in Canada due to his stance on not getting the COVID vaccine. It does sound as though we have a we have a tweet that I'm going to read here from uh, an interview that, that Ross Atkins did on Overdrive 1050 on TSN Sports Radio today. This is a quote from Ross on there. Witt is very excited to be a part of this. We feel very good about the acquisition. We're not concerned about the acquisition, and we're really excited about him being a part of this. He's talking about being a part of it. He's excited about being in Toronto, and he understands what that means to come here. But as it relates to him and addressing that, it's been a bit of a whirlwind and a lot of travel. It will be better that he be the person to address it first. So the Jays are going to let the uh, let the player here make his opinions known which is fair but it does sound from that like the jays are expecting 
Merrifield to be able to play in Toronto, if not immediately, but very soon. He had been quoted earlier in the season as saying that if he were traded to a team that would potentially have to play playoff games in Canada, that he would get the vaccine. So he is now on the Canadian team. So presumably he will hopefully get said vaccine. So that's that. I feel like <laughs> if you read between the lines, that's pretty much what that quote is saying. Yeah. Uh, they're obviously being as respectful as possible yeah. towards Mary Fields position mm -hmm. even though it doesn't even really warrant that <laughs> uh they're putting their best foot forward as far as giving him the opportunity to announce that he has been vaccinated yeah. i'm not saying that's what he's saying but uh, if you read between the lines here yeah if he's going to play in toronto he'll need to be vaccinated it sure will um people will remember yeah mary mary fields had some great years like he led the american league and hits in 2019 and i believe in 2021 he's close as well he's he's been he's among the, among the lead leaders in the le in the league since uh 2017 so the guys the guy has produced he's having a down year this year he has been playing a lot of outfield a lot of center field which is nice because the blue jays currently have a center fielder with a bum elbow so if george does have to go on the injured list at all whit merrifield would be a guy who would be an easy candidate to slot out there he steals a lot of bases patrick uh, last year, he stole 40. He's at 15 this year uh, yeah. in 95 games. So he's played almost every game, but because he hasn't been on base as much, he hasn't had as many opportunities. He's 15 for 18 in stolen bases, so a good percentage. Um, yeah, so he'll, he'll, he, he provides yeah. some speed and some, and some utility because he can also play second base as well. So He's fast. He's a very good contact hitter who's having uh, historically having the worst season year. of his career. <laughs> Yeah, so the Blue Jays are definitely betting on him bouncing back. He does have another year next year left on a very affordable contract. It is it is quite nice. It's tasty. Um, it's a contract, I believe, that will pay him. It's, it was a five-year, $23 million contract that he signed prior to 2019, so it covers this year and next. And there is a 2024 mutual option on that. I haven't done too much digging to see how that that gets triggered. If it's both a player and the team have to agree to it, or if it's some sort of vesting thing, but it's an eighteen million dollar mutual option with a five hundred thousand dollar buyout. Okay, so that's probably a buyout then. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's why. That's what it is. His contract yeah. was also front loaded. Front loaded so as well. Yeah. Uh, well, not front loaded, but uh, it's mid loaded because his this right. next season. Uh, he'll get paid just $2.75 million after getting paid $7 million this year and 6.75 the previous year. Okay. So uh, it's a big 2024 option that is almost certain. That's an easy buyout, yeah. It's an easy 500K buyout. And then what they, you know, the door might still be open for him to come back depending on if he still has his speed and contact. Uh, really, I... Putting aside the vaccination stuff, if you if you showed me this player on paper without showing me their name, uh, if you showed me their stats, the man has led the league in hits uh, a couple of times uh, in 2018 and 2019, led the league in triples in 2019, led the league in doubles last year, led the league in stolen bases three times. Um, he has led the league in at-bats. Uh, the last three years all in a row so he's a guy that you slot into your lineup uh every day you can get him in there uh there were signs of power in previous seasons however yeah this year i don't know if it's because kansas city has struggled or maybe <laughs> they've so had bad. some longer stretches <laughs> at kaufman who knows what it is the ops is way down at this point he slots in as a solid bench player uh, assuming George Springer isn't hurt. If Springer is hurt, he'll be there in the outfield. Uh, I think he's going to play close to every day, personally. It's hard to say. Yeah. Because Tapia has been so good. Yeah, I, I see. Plate. I can see him definitely stealing some time from Espinal, who has not been good lately. So. Espinal has cooled off quite a bit. Uh, 256 we... in July after hitting 284 the month before. So he's yep. uh, definitely cooling uh, off. Toppy, on the other hand, is hitting he's 281 for the season, uh, 303 OBP. So he's either getting a hit or 
nothing. <laughs> yeah. um, OPS plus for Tapia of 99. So he's he's pretty much a replacement level player. Whitmer Field is playing below that clip, but obviously if you look at his previous seasons, he's been yeah. 100 or higher. I'd say he's a he's a very comparable guy to Tapia where they don't have a ton of power. Um, but Merrifield will take a few more walks than Tapia will. Yep, and he can steal. Uh, yeah. Not that Tapia doesn't, but yeah. Um, the pieces we gave up, we won't talk about that very much. Obviously, I'm quite upset. Uh, Samad Taylor, I had been hoping uh, all season long that he was going to get a promotion and that we were going to get him see... Uh, get him some playing time at, on in the show, mm -hmm. uh, re possibly replacing Bradley Zimmer, who is still on the 26th man. Um, but I understand sometimes you gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta give up to get. Yeah, and, and uh, Taylor's and, numbers were down this year compared to last as well. He, yeah, I was stubbornly uh, unwilling started, to accept he that. Started but. off scorching this year and then really cooled off the last couple of months. Um, his WRC plus in AAA this year was only 102, where it was 141 last year. So, uh, pretty far. Uh, down. Fans of, of Max Castillo are going to be upset. Uh, Castillo had a 3.05 ERA. He was pitching quite well. Uh, yeah, in 20 innings pitched, his uh, his baseline numbers, the ERA in innings pitched, is very similar actually to Zach Pop. Yeah. Uh, his FIP though was 4.42, so definitely yeah, exceeding yeah. expectations. Um. I, it's I don't know because he's he's only twenty three and it kind of felt well I guess you gotta you gotta give to get yeah it's kind of a matter of that he got beat up by Kansas City of all teams and yeah. uh, Seattle in uh, back to back performances in mid July when the team was just getting out of uh, their scuffle he actually played against Seattle twice and gave up runs but he got whacked pretty hard in those two uh relief appearances he, he actually pitched four and a third in uh the seattle game and three in the uh, the kansas city game but again three runs you yeah you can't really <laughs> you can't be doing that but i again because he's so young he's he's only 23 i feel like he is going to be very interesting player for kansas city in the future obviously they're going to start looking at re uh, pushing the rebuild a little bit faster because some of these teams in the AL Central have inflated records. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about that after the series is over uh, with Minnesota. For sure. Um, the Jays before today's finale made some roster moves. So they'd already DFA'd Anthony Bonda and traded Jeremy Beasley for cash. Today they actually placed Ross Stripling on the 15-day IL retroactive to July 31st. He has a right glute strain, a right hip strain, so he's got a sore ass. <laughs> Maybe he had too much fun at the pool party. No, but that that date was no, retroactive he said it was his to pre 31st. So yeah, it was he, in the last start. <laughs> it was his last start for sure. Yeah. And he said he was he was feeling it. I think he said even before, and then it just yeah. got aggravated so, during this. A little bit of a muscle strain, so he'll hit the IL for 15 days. Uh, he's eligible to come back around the August 14th ish date. Would be yeah, it'll be the off. 14th. So he's going to miss two nine starts. nine day nine more games. <clears throat> yeah, it'll be two starts if it all works out. But he'll be back when we're back home. Yep. Uh, and he's already, like I said, uh, 31st, 1st, 2nd, 3rd. So today is the fourth day that he has been on the IL technically. Yep. So so on the 14th, he can come off. Um, yeah, he'll be yeah. fine. He'll be okay. It's just a minor thing as long as he doesn't re-aggravate it while doing uh, some stretching and such between and maybe throwing some bullpens. But he'll be all right. Uh, the Jays did recall Matt Peacock from AAA as a <laughs> all right counter move who I have never heard of in my life i didn't know we had a player named matt peacock no, but now that I. we do i kind of want a matt peacock jersey yeah that's a pretty badass baseball name um yeah but they then they optioned mitch white who they acquired from the dodgers to triple a just because don't he get that with the team yet that's that's the reason uh yeah but what's he doing is he going to travel to the next location and be, then... all these players are going to meet them in minneapolis patrick they he wasn't there in tampa bay to pitch so there's no point in having him on the active roster if case they need somebody right that's Doesn't why he burn an there. option though yeah but he's that's fine he's not gonna he's not gonna get option five times between now and the end of the season so <laughs> all right uh it'll be it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay patrick all right, all right. fair enough 
so the Jays will have some more roster moves to make tomorrow before the opener in Minneapolis, and we'll see all that happen on Twitter most likely. But um, the big news on trade deadline day, of course, that we haven't talked about yet, was uh, a certain fellow named Juan Soto, who you may have heard of the last few months of baseball or years if you've been paying attention. Uh, the best player in baseball right now, arguably, uh, not arguably if you're intelligent, uh, was traded from the hapless Washington Nationals, who cannot do anything right the last four years since they won the World Series, to the San Diego Padres, the home of Ron Burgundy. Um, there was a big package of prospects that the Nationals got back, and they were also attempting to receive Eric Hosmer. But... If you were on Twitter yesterday, you saw some chaos that ensued. Eric Hosmer had a 10-team partial no-trade clause in his contract, and the <laughs> Nationals happened to be one of those teams, Patrick. And Eric Hosmer was saying, no, I am not going to accept this, this move to Washington. And the trade was kind of on hold for a brief time. Ended up getting worked out. The Padres dealt Hosmer to the Red Sox instead, so we'll actually see him at some point as a member of the Red Sox. Hmm. Um, and they they included somebody else in the trade to to Washington. I can't remember exactly who it was, but uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, but anyways, the best player in baseball got traded because he wouldn't sign long term with Washington. He still has two and a half more years of control, so the Padres are getting a cheap one of the greatest hitters of all time as of now into their lineup. And they're also going to be getting Fernando Tatis Jr. back sometime very soon. So they're going to have a Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Tatis Jr. core. And they also threw in Josh Bell from the Nationals to get him there too. And he's having a great year. So the Padres got a lot better. They pushed all their chips into the poker table and said, we're going for it. Slam Diego. Slam Diego. And it's pretty crazy that they're they're just too far back. They're kind of like the Blue Jays right now where they're just so far back of the Dodgers in their division that they know they're going to be a wild card team. But they're loading up for, a, a hopefully for them, a long playoff push. Because, yeah, they've got, a, they've got a pretty solid group of players there. And they're, having, they're getting great years from Hugh Darvish as well. He's having a solid year at age 35, a good bounce back. So, um, yeah, they're... Uh, and that was a, they, they signed Joe Musgrove to a long-term deal as well. So they're, they're a pretty good team to watch. So watch out for the Padres in the yep. playoffs, folks. Uh, I would say they won the deadline. Um, yeah, easily. Yeah, getting getting Juan Soto is a big deal. Um, but let's move on. I have a question for you, Justin. Yep. Do you feel like the Jays got better enough to be serious contenders uh, in the playoffs? Or did other teams ahead of us or around us get better and we only got like a little bit how do you feel about the deadline what would you grade uh the performance of ross atkins and how do you feel about the team now as opposed to uh two days ago and ignore the fact that ross tripling is injured sure let's sure. just assume he'll come back and he'll be fine yeah yeah so overall i give the deadline like a, a b b minus b somewhere in the b's Mm -hmm. um, obviously, the Yankees going out and getting Frankie Montas is huge for them, especially since they had to put Severino on the 60-day IL. Yeah, but they also traded Jordan Montgomery, which didn't make sense to me. Yeah, but Montas is, like, way better. <laughs> I agree. It's just um, strange for them to trade a, a guy who's been a part of the team for a while now. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not certain what goes on over there. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think the Blue Jays did get – a little bit better, but I, I don't think they did enough to be like World Series favorite levels of good. The, the Astros and the Yankees are still the class of the American League. And then you've got the Blue Jays and the Mariners, I think, in the second group right now of teams. And the Mariners got Castillo. So I think that the teams around the Blue Jays definitely brought in more like more of an impact player to their roster. But the Blue Jays definitely did address some weaknesses. Like, the bench gets a lot stronger by adding Merrifield to the roster. Yeah. Um, that's going to either get rid of Bradley Zimmer <coughs> or make sure that Zach Collins is no longer on the active roster. Ouch. Um, sorry, Zach, but you can't do anything except for catch not often. So, yeah, you're, you're gone, most likely. 
uh, and they added a lot of bullpen guys. We we won't see, and they got rid of Bonda and Beasley. So we won't see either of those two guys anymore. We'll see Zach Pop and Anthony Bass instead, and, and we'll see a lot less of Trevor Richards in high leverage, and we we'll, won't see Trent Thornton in high leverage anymore. Um, so they did a great job of addressing the areas of the most of weakness on the team, and obviously getting Mitch White is is some good insurance. For, for starting pitching as well too, especially since we know that Stripling is going to miss a couple. But I, I think they, they did a, they did enough to to the point where I'm like I'm happy with what they did, and they did it all without trading away anybody off of the big league roster, which I didn't think was going to happen. I thought we were going to see a Guriel or a Biggio or maybe one of the catchers get traded, and that didn't happen. So I was pretty surprised by that. Yeah, I would be a little bit more generous. I would give this a b plus the reason why is because when i look at what we what's what left and what's arrived i think there's more upside to everything that arrived uh it's odd to say but i guess anthony bass is the best player we acquired which on paper doesn't seem like much but he's a high leverage reliever who's having an elite season and will probably continue to do so very unlikely to be a brad hand type situation um i like to see mitch white get lots of innings i i do feel like he's probably the replacement for ross stripling i do think strips is gonna secure the bag and good for him or maybe he stays i don't know it would be great wouldn't it yeah i mean we'd love it but i but uh mitch white is kind of like you said like he's kind of added pitching starting pitching depth and he's proven he can come out of the pen too so and he's been consistently good this season so like i i don't know i I, we got everything we needed so i understand that yeah we didn't get frankie montas we didn't get luis castillo um but we didn't have to give up very much to get what we did get the biggest piece that went out the door was jordan groshans who was having the worst pro year yeah. uh, of his career yet to date that's correct um so and he technically kind of lost two years of development one to an injury and one to one to covid covid so we don't really know what we had with groshans it would have taken longer to figure it out yeah we know what we have with mitch white we know what we have with Zach Pop. We know what we have with Anthony Bass. I, I just yeah, see this as a W. I, it, I wouldn't say that it's overwhelming. Like if this, if you read this on a piece of paper, you'd probably be like, all right, well, I guess we just kind of whiffed on all the other guys. But the Jays did what I expected them to do, which was not to overpay to try to acquire a Noah Syndergaard or a Carlos Rodon. Um, really interesting to see Rodon didn't go anywhere. Yeah. So he'll I make think, his money uh, and then opt out. It sounded like the Giants were asking quite a bit for a yep. guy who is, Probably. unless he gets hurt in the next two months, going to be a rental. Yep. Uh, Thor is also a rental. Um, yeah. Somebody else paid, I think it was the Phillies, Phillies paid, paid for Thor. Um, good for them. They probably won't make the playoffs. But anyway, <laughs> uh, good luck to them. what really kind of pissed me off and i i have a little article here i'm not going to read the whole thing there was a bunch of bs on twitter about how the play the jays players were pissed (laughs) yeah like this is so stupid um unless it's it's reported by someone with a check mark on twitter or someone who works at sportsnet it's probably bull poop. Um, the players were, if anything, relieved that nobody in the locker room had to leave as a result of a trade. Uh, here's a quote from Kevin Gossman. I am kind of quote mining a tiny bit, so read the whole article on Sportsnet if you're interested. Uh, the title is Excitement Over Deadline uh, adds something, something. Gossman got the win against the Rays. Uh, the quote from Gossman, uh, a lot of guys here, or a lot of guys in there watching the TV wondering now who we're going to get. 
who are we going to give up, that type of thing. To not give up anybody in this locker room I think was pretty big. We feel good where we're at, and even if we did make any moves, we'd still feel pretty confident. Uh, but bringing in the guys that we did, I think they're going to help us win. I, I think that just underscores the sentiment that, yeah, um, would it have been great for Juan Soto to walk into that clubhouse? Sure, <laughs> but yeah. that would have meant that, you know, two of... At uh, least two of them would have been gone. At least two of them would have to walk out the door, and one of them probably would have been Bo Bichette, and the team isn't ready to do that. That's a conversation for maybe a year or two from now. Um, yeah, I just... I agree with them. I think that the the guys that are coming in, I think they're going to make a difference down the stretch, and I think this team will win more games than it loses, and it'll get to a point where they'll be close to somewhere between, uh, I'm guessing, 88 to 92 wins, which will be enough to get them in the wild card. Yeah. Unless something goes terribly wrong, uh, and terribly right for Seattle, and terribly right for Tampa, and terribly right for uh, I, one of Baltimore and Cleveland. The Jays will get into the playoffs. They'll get their wild card series. It's best three of five, isn't it? It's best of three. Best of three. So and all the games are played at the higher seeds ballpark. So if the Blue Jays are WC one, they host WC two. No, isn't it the? Yeah, you're right. And then, uh, and then WC three plays the top AL Central, the third yeah. place division team that does AL Central. Survive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Which, it, as as of right now, is the uh, Minnesota Twins. Yeah, who the Jays are going to play tomorrow. <laughs> uh, we will touch on this right quick, and then we'll we'll blow past the results. Uh, John Schneider on the nagging George Springer elbow. Quote, this is from uh, at Longley Sunsport, Rob Longley. Uh, We're at a point where we know what's going on. I think it'll be up to him tolerating and grinding through that. There's a couple of other quotes that have come up recently about this. The injury doesn't sound great, and he's probably going to miss more time, but he's not going to the IL, it seems. Yeah, it doesn't sound like something that ought to be solved by an IL stint. It's probably something that needs off-season surgery, by, by, is what I'm gathering. Yep, so he's going to grind through the next two uh, months, I guess, and then months, however yeah. far we go in the playoffs. Yep. Kind of sucky. Um, the results. We yeah. split the series against uh, Tampa. What a masterful performance, oh, though, by was Kevin amazing Gossman. yesterday, yeah. Eight innings pitched, one hit, one walk, ten strikeouts to get the win. Jordan Romano gives up a solo home run immediately in the ninth, uh, but gets the the three outs to get the 3-1 win. It was a small ball game, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Vladdy went two for four with a run scored. Teoscar, one for three with a run scored. Bo drove in a run. Uh, Guriel leading off. That was interesting. I think he slots in quite well uh, as long as Springer is out. And Danny Jansen, of course, with the two-run RBI in the ni- top of the ninth inning. <laughs> Elite clutch Danny Jansen with a blooper that uh, just couldn't be caught. He's the greatest of all time. Uh, Jose Siri did everything he could. Uh, made an astonishing catch early in the game, and he he just he he charged that ball as best as he could and he just got a piece of it and he just couldn't close the glove like he couldn't squeeze it yeah not his fault yeah god don't know had why no no going until the sixth as well so that's right yeah it was just overall it was just yeah, a dominant he, uh, performance he by walked the first really batter it. of the game and then gave up a hit in the sixth and those are the only two runners that reach base that's against it. them so yeah good we'll take those uh it was a classic Tampa Bay game though uh low in scoring two, low yeah. hitting fucking right not a lot yard, happening bro. Yeah, we capitalized on uh, where it mattered, two for four with runners in scoring position. There's not really anything else to say about this game, uh, except the the K's got, you know, rung up there, and the the mean of that lineup, so Choi, Siri, and Peralta all had two strikeouts. I'm looking forward to to the umpire scorecard, because there were some pretty, there were some missed pitches against when Kikuchi was on the mound, so I'll be curious to see if those make. Yeah, game two didn't go our way. A three-two, another tam- typical Tampa game. A three-two W for the Rays. Uh, they capitalized where it mattered. Uh, the Jays weren't able to get much done. Bobichet had three strikeouts. Matt Chapman had three strikeouts. Uh, sandwiched in between him was Teoscar Hernandez who hit a solo ding-dong and uh, also drove in another runs uh, in a separate uh, mm-hmm. plate appearance. 
pretty much that's it. That's that pretty it. much all the Jays could do. That's okay. Anytime you can split at the trap, you are laughing. You're loving You're life. You're fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, tough loss, though, especially Simber giving up the rare uh, run. Butters was okay in relief of Kikuchi. I thought Kikuchi was okay. He got screwed over at least twice from what I saw. Yeah, the, there was a strike call that the would have been the inning. But yep. it was a walk at lower the bases, and he had to... It was in the third. A, ended up giving up a run off of that. So I think that the run value on the old umpire scorecard tomorrow is going to be very much in favor of Tampa Bay. But we'll It'll see. be at least at least like 0.5. Should be a run, higher. really. <laughs> Probably. Um, um, there yeah, were two no, incidences no. like that. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, he looked fine. He actually struck out five of his first seven or eight batters yeah. or something like that. Like, he looked really good. Um, four innings is okay. Like, obviously, they're trying to build his confidence. Uh, one walk. Eh. And they I mean, we, we do. Pitch, so. Yeah, we do need a little bit more than four innings. Uh, it does put a lot of strain on the pen. But Mesa was fine. Phelps was fine. Richards was fine. Um, gave up a couple of hits, uh, or one hit and one walk between the three of them. Simber just had the unfortunate, uh, unfortunate uh, third of an inning uh, with the two hits and then the run. Obviously, that was the yeah. winning run. It is. What it is. <laughs> Happens. Yep. Um, there's not really much else to say. Ryan Yarborough came in and, and did Ryan Yarborough things. I knew he would bounce back from a, a tough start where he got beat up. He's just a classic junk ball pitcher that's really hard to to hit off of. And then the rest of the, the Tampa pen, which is elite, uh, you know, each got two Ks off of the, uh, the Jays uh, and kept the sheet clean except for one hit By in four innings of relief. Yeah. It was uh, just a. This was a, it was a very tight game, very fast game. I think it was over in less than three hours. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind that. I'm not mad at it. Yeah. No, I'm not mad about it either. But uh, now the Blue Jays are flying as we speak to Minneapolis to play the Twins for four Whee! games starting tomorrow. Tomorrow night's game, a 7:40 Eastern time start, so 30 minutes later than normal, is uh, Alec Manoa who is not going to miss any time after taking that line drive off the elbow. He was able to complete his Thank bullpen God. fine. He's going to go up against uh, the Minnesota ace this year, Sonny Gray, who's having an awesome season. Not striking out a ton of people, but he's pitching to a 341 ERA so far. That should be a fun one to watch from beautiful target field. Uh, on Friday night, Jose Barrios takes them out against his former team at a ballpark that he's all too familiar with. Uh, we're not too certain who's going to start for the Twins yet. It may be Dylan Bundy, but he may also get pushed to Saturday. Um, <coughs> Saturday is TBD for the Blue Jays. Patrick, it's another evening game, 7-10 Eastern. The Blue Jays haven't announced a starter yet. That would be the Ross Stripling spot. We're assuming it's going to be uh, Mitch White, who will probably be recalled from AAA. I'm assuming they'll send Mr. Peacock back down. Uh, they'll call up Mitch White, and he'll probably make that start on Saturday uh, evening. And the Twins are going to start Bundy if he doesn't start Friday or somebody else. We're not too certain yet. And then on Sunday, uh, the Blue Jays haven't announced their starter yet, but that would line up with Kevin Gosman's regular day. Um, so it will likely be Gosman. And the Twins are starting former Ray and former uh, Pirate Chris Archer, who the Blue Jays are very familiar with. Archer so far this year has a 4.05 ERA. Uh, Bundy, by the way, has a 5.04. So uh, we'll see if Barrios can continue pitching well. We'll see how Manoa rebounds. We'll likely see Mitch White's first appearance. And we'll likely see Gosman again. So uh, we'll, we'll, all that's going to be sorted out in the coming days. But I'm, just, I'm curious to see what roster moves get made to get Merrifield's pop bass and white onto the roster when the time comes because there's going to be some interesting ones well, peacock's likely an easy one um and then yeah. obviously i'm i'm assuming zach collins they may still want to keep bradley zimmer but he could be dfa which would be the ideal outcome i think it'll be zimmer because you don't need him anymore because Merrifield can play second base and center field. That way you don't have to put Tapia out there anymore and he can stick to the corners where he is much more comfortable. So, yeah, I'm, I'm this, this may be the last day that we have to have Bradley Zimmer 
on the roster, Patrick Marsh. This could be it. Which is a little bit sad because he's clearly a part of this, the, the, the team in the clubhouse. Yeah, so he's really been with the team all year so far. Uh, late inning replacement, but you really you can't go this far into the season with a guy hitting like a buck ten. Yeah, he it's, hasn't had a hit since June. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, thirteen play appearances in. in I don't want to dump so. on him. Uh, I just, you know, he's a good defender, and uh, yeah, very we kept good him on this team as long as we possibly could have, and now that it looks like Merrifield will join the team, I, I, I don't see them stopping with the three catcher yeah thing so i see a dfa probably probably he's probably aware of it too mm-hmm. um somebody will pick him up yeah oh definitely he'll he'll find uh he'll find life somewhere else uh whether it's in in season or with a minor league contract and an invite to spring training somewhere so his his career is definitely not over, especially after no, he was no, a one point no. four WAR player last year. But um, no, even with how bad he is on offense, he's just barely a negative WAR player this year. So the defense is still very elite. I expect one of the bottom teams because the way that the when you're DFA, it goes in reverse order of the standings, right? I think that's how it is if multiple teams put a claim on them. Yeah, so I could see him in like a Pittsburgh or. There, a team uh, a will Cincinnati. put, I'd say at least 10 teams will put a claim in on him. Yeah, there'll be a lot of teams that try to get him. Then the Bridges will be able to orchestrate a, a trade or get some cash considerations for that. So, yeah. We'll see. We'll see we'll what see. happens. It, we does could that be wrong. have and... any options? Yeah, he still does this year. This is his last option year. They're very unlikely to use that option because I think they've been very insistent on having three catchers. Yeah. Uh, it, it'll be interesting, though, because with... Maryfield joining the roster. I'll be curious to see how they use the DH spot if they keep it as a rotation or if they keep it mostly as a Kirky. But yeah, I'm, I'm, it'll it'll all be sorted out tomorrow. Well, by Kirk the time we come back off. on Sunday, I don't see them. I think they'll rotate the DH um, yeah. and do away with the catcher. But then again, that's probably me just wanting Zimmer to get more out of the season because he seems like a good dude. Um, Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about this actual series, though. I mean, it really, I feel like the whole series is defined by the first matchup. Yeah, it's really going to depend how Manoa and Gray can perform. Minnesota's a fun ballpark, so hopefully uh, hopefully there's lots of Blue Jay fans there. There always is. I was there. Tarjay Field. And it was, it was a good time. Tarjay Field. Yeah, Tarjay. Tar-Jay. Luxury, luxury Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's your what is your minimum expectation? This is not going to be an it's easy series. It, you you want to split on the road. You want to and you want to you want to play to five hundred or better on the road over the season. You, We're you one game be, under five hundred on the road right yeah, now. Yeah, so so a split would be ideal. Um, I like the I like the way the Blue Jays starters are lining up with with Gosman likely on Sunday, and then you've got Brios and Manoa, your other two playoff arms pitching in this series you, you have three of your best guys uh, out there obviously brios has been pitching much better of late his, his past few outings have been awesome uh, manoa's last inning was shaky and then he got hurt so hopefully he can bounce back and then you know we know what gosman just did yesterday and i like i like their chances i think minnesota's minnesota loaded up a lot on bullpen arms yesterday so mm-hmm. if they get a lead it'll be tough for the blue jays to come back because they, they got some real good players we just don't have time to talk about um, yeah, but I think their rotation is. Yeah, their rotation middle. is is a little weak and it's mid, as the kids say. Yeah, and their and their lineup offensively isn't as strong as the Blue Jays are, so we'll see how they can combat that. So, but yeah, we'll we'll get that all sorted out on Sunday when we come back to you. Anything else you want to add today, Patrick? Uh, yeah. Um, well, just one tiny thing with regards to what the uh what the twins are dealing with because obviously miguel sano is on the 60-day il that's not ideal um uh bailey ober one of their starters uh he hasn't pitched a lot this year but he's just 27 he's also on the 60-day il uh that's not ideal uh they don't really have a terrible amount of injuries to deal with Cal garlic is day-to-day um Max Kepler is still on the 10-day IL. 
for a little while longer. So they're missing some guys, but I don't know. I think we're pretty much getting as close as we can get to the best twins minus yeah. Snow that they and can Snow feel. hasn't been having a good year anyway. So, well, he's been hurt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If we look at if we look at their list as far as their uh, their starters go, no Tyler Mall. We get Sonny Gray. We get Dylan Bundy. We get Chris Archer. So I don't know. Are we gonna see Tyler Mall? Tyler Molly, we might see him on Saturday, perhaps. I'm not Didn't sure. he just start I'm not against sure the Tigers? When he last pitched. Maybe it was. I don't know. Uh, against the Tigers. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I I don't follow his career, so. <laughs> I don't either, but. Just give me a hard time. Or no, it was the thirtieth against Baltimore. So we're not gonna definitely not gonna see Tyler Mall. Joe Ryan um, last pitched against Tigers today, so we're not going to see him. So who the hell knows who's going to pitch yeah, we'll uh, that in that out. game? It's It'll probably going to be a relief pitcher or somebody doing some bulk. Maybe we'll see Michael Fulmer. Yeah. So there you go. That's that. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. You can listen on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find our website, bfmdpodcast.com. Please leave us a review, five stars or less. For Patrick out in Halifax, it's Justin here in Saskatoon. We'll see you Sunday.